The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. What I have on my purple sheet is not right. <laughs> now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring, uh, me, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they went their way. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, thank you that you have, uh, that you sent the star to uh, proclaim to people from the east, uh, wise men, that Jesus Christ was born, the Savior of the world. And we pray, Lord, that we too would have eyes to see uh, that you have come for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today is a major feast day in the life of the church. You may or may not uh, have known that. It is uh, the Feast of the Epiphany. And I uh, uh, can remember a time where I did not know the definition of Epiphany. Epiphany, of course, is a sudden a revelation, a sudden realization. And I can remember, I mean, I grew up Episcopalian, but I never, I mean, I, and I, I went through the season of Epiphany a, a bunch of times. And, you know, it was sort of like, it was January. You know, I, I've never asked what the word January means. I never, I, it was just, a, just just the time that comes around every year. I never asked what the word Epiphany means. Um, but I can remember, I've t- I think I've told the story before. I, I, I was uh, working at the YMCA. And someone, uh, one of my coworkers, a, a girl, came in and she said, "I've had an epiphany." And right there, when she said, "I think, I think she was," it was about a girl or about her, about her schoolwork or something like that. But I mean, it was about a boy, is what I meant to say. And um, and uh, and 
But right there, when she said, I have had an epiphany, I realized what the word epiphany meant. And, and I not only did I realize it right then, uh, that, that it meant a sudden revelation, uh, revelation and realization, uh, but I also understood why the season of Epiphany was called the Epiphany. Because Jesus has just been born and we're leading up to Lent and, and, and this it's all about when people come to know that He is the King. And friends, I had an Epiphany about Epiphany. <laughs> right there. It was, it was remarkable. And I always think about that on the Epiphany and in the season of Epiphany. And as we go through this season of Epiphany, which will lead up to Lent and um, in February, which unfortunately, again, begins right before Valentine's Day. So chocolate is a, is a sort of a problem. Uh, but special dispensations. But that's a, that's a total aside and rabbit trail. Um, the readings in Epiphany go through a series of revelations. Uh, not, not necessarily the, the book of Revelation, uh, but uh, conversations about and, and instances where people come uh, to see Jesus for who He is. In hopes, of course, that those who hear those readings in church and hopefully the people who preach about Him in church will also have uh, re- revelations and realizations about who uh, Christ is. Paul writes uh, to the Ephesians about his own ministry, uh, what he has, has been doing in in. Um, Chapter 1 and chapter 2 is he has been talking about uh, the gospel. And it's, it, the Ephesians is, is like wave after wave of Paul's greatest hits. Uh, he just goes through these great, uh, this great series of, um, of uh, truths about what the gospel is, that Jesus Christ came uh, to save sinners. And, and Paul never ceases to be amazed that God would choose someone like him who was a, the Pharisee of Pharisees, who was a persecutor of the church. Paul says, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, uh, which is not to say that the, the riches of Christ can't be searched for, but that they can't be searched out in the sense that you'll never get to the back of the cave. It's just riches upon riches upon riches. It's like it's like something out of out of a movie, you know, where a, when an explorer uh, finds a uh, finds a, a, a cache of of, uh, of pirates' treasure or something like that. It's you know, it's just mind-boggling, and, and it's just that to the nth nth degree, the unsearchable uh, riches of Christ. And here here what um, Paul says that uh, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the plan, the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. To make all men see. The assumption there is that all men could not see. All men. No men. No man could see uh, what there was. It, we are, our, our condition is that we are at the bottom of a dark well. We are the Chilean miners. Do you remember them? They got stuck down below. We're in the dark and we cannot get out. We cannot see. Interestingly, the Chilean miners, uh, they, some, they had food down there. They had electricity and a TV and some DVDs. And there was even one guy who ran five miles a day. I don't really know how that happened. Uh, but he made a life for himself. They made a life for themselves. 
but they were completely in the dark. Life went on. And yet they had they did not have the light until someone from outside came down and burrowed through and rescued them. And that's the gospel for us. That's the beginning, really, of the unsearchable riches of Christ that Paul is talking about. And what he is saying is that is, uh, he is uh, coming to let all men see, to let all people see. In fact, I really like the way that the English Standard Version translates it, uh, which they're both correct, but he says that he is to bring to light for everyone, which is really good news for you and for me. That's the most exciting, those are some of the most exciting words in the Bible for everyone. Which brings us to the wise men in Matthew's Gospel. This is the epiphany. This is when we talk about the wise men coming uh, from there. And we often think about, you know, if you've, look, if you've got the, the Fontanini in your house, you know, they, these are really good looking uh, wise men. And they, and they typically have long beards like wise men typically do, like... Um, Mr. Lanier here, and so, um, and we uh, we have, um, and and they have these, uh, uh, you know, crowns, and and they have um, robes, and, and and that's probably commercialized a little bit, to tell you the truth. Uh, wise wise men, uh, you, you may know the the word is in Greek is uh, magi. They were, they were the magi. And I've often thought of these, like you, I'm sure, have as, as kings. We, we sing about the well, we three kings of Orient are. I never knew what Orient are was until I actually noticed it. It's just of the Orient, and are begins the next thought. But um, the, uh, uh, the word magi is used six times in the New Testament, and four of them are right in this passage. The other two are used in the book of Acts. And they are variously uh, translated... Um, sorcerer, magician, false prophet. It's a pejorative term. Everywhere except for right here. We don't think of them pejoratively, but it would have been absolutely no of no use to Matthew to include this if it weren't really important. Magi uh, were uh, well thought of throughout the world. The Roman... Uh, play, Roman um, kingdom, the, uh, the Greek uh, culture, and, and certainly throughout uh, Arabia and Babylonia and on east. Uh, they were, uh, as is translated, they were sorcerers, astrologists, uh, physicians, seers, uh, uh, sort of soothsayers. They, they often held sort of a priestly role. Uh, the term is not as specific as, as our term astrologer. Uh, but they certainly, as we can see, they looked uh, to the stars. Um, they were they were often court advisors uh, to the king, wherever they were, to the local uh, rulers. Uh, they were uh, wise people, but yet, as you can imagine, they were not well regarded in Jewish circles. Um, Jews, uh, of course, believed that they sort of cornered the market on uh, divine or religious truth. And anyone who, um, uh, anyone who did not see God and see the truth as they uh, saw it uh, were pagans. 
And then no, even that was pejorative, but it was in a technical sense. They were pagans, and that's what these wise men were. Now they were um, they were very smart. Uh, they were very talented. Uh, they were probably very wealthy, and they were ha- highly regarded in their society. They were smart, talented, wealthy, highly regarded in society. Does that sound like anybody that you know? It sounds like everybody that you know. <laughs> um, and yet, by all rights, they these these were men who would have been completely separated uh, from God, the God, the God of of all truth, uh, the living God. And so, when they uh, they 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 see the star and they come uh, to find the this baby who was born, and they they're at the flying J in Jerusalem, and they swing by the palace. Uh, to ask for directions, and we understand why uh, why Herod uh, would have been troubled, because uh, a king had been born, so they said, and his power was under threat. But it, but there's that phrase, and all Jerusalem with him. How for, how did why would I mean why would word have spread like wildfire throughout the streets of Jerusalem that three strange dudes from probably from um, Babylon came to worship the Jewish king. Because three guys from Babylon came to worship the Jewish king. It was, it was unheard of. And it would have been incredibly offensive. And yet they said, uh, they asked the palace. I mean, that's where kings are born. They go to the palace and they say, where's the king? Who's been born? We followed his star. Well, Herod gets all upset and he asks, his, uh, he, he doesn't know, he hasn't paid much attention to those things. But he asks uh, his, his priests and his scribes, they say it's often uh, it's going to happen in, in Bethlehem. Well, the religious guys don't go off to see him. Who goes off to see him? The ones who had no right to be in God's presence. The one who were uh, utterly cut off. And yet, somehow, they were compelled. And what we see here is the gospel beginning to bloom. That it is light for everyone. That pagans from Babylon are coming to worship the King of the Jews, the Jewish Messiah, the Savior of the whole world. But not just of the whole world. These men individually. And not just for the whole world, but for you. Known by name, every hair on your head, out of the great love of God. And so in this epiphany, what we understand is that the Gospel is light for the world and it is light for you. Because we all have our darkness. And I don't know what your darkness is. I don't know if it's a a fearsome situation that is uh, staring you in the face. I don't know if it is some uh, besetting sin. Uh, All I know is that you have darkness and that I have darkness. And And as Frank said this morning, I wish that I could tell you that the darkness is gone, but it's not. But I can, but I can tell you for sure what the answer is. And that is that Jesus Christ has been born for you. And so if you're a Christian and you are uh, you're wrestling uh, 
with some darkness. Or if you are really just sort of sort, trying to sort things out for yourself, this uh, truth that whatever it is, what I want to say to you is that, is that God is for you. He is for all people. And that He is uh, specifically for all people through Jesus Christ, who is the exclusive way for all people. Jesus Christ, this baby in the manger, would grow up fully God and fully man to hang on a cross in perfection, but to die the death of a criminal so that you and I would not have to face uh, the judgment of God. And that in that death, that He would atone for your sin and for mine, and that He would go to hell so that you and I wouldn't have to if our faith is in Him, and that He would defeat death, and that He would put away our sin, and that He would, uh, he would rise again on the third day, and He would step out of the tomb, so that He might offer you and I everlasting life. He was not re- resuscitated. He was resurrected. Everyone else that you see in, uh, in the Bible who uh, rose... Uh, who rose from again from the dead Lazarus and the little girl and, and, and the boy and, and so on. They all died again. Jesus defeated death, never to die again, so that you and I might have eternal life. This gospel that Jesus Christ came for sinners to offer us eternal life was beginning to blossom as the wise men, pagans, smart, wealthy, well-regarded, in all their wisdom, came to the Savior of the world to say, I need you to offer all that they had and to fall down and worship. So I pray each of us would have an epiphany in this season. Amen.